So my conversation with George Murray reminded me about how I evolved as a leader in my last corporate job. I was surrounded by so many amazingly smart, smart, very smart people for which I can no longer supersede or add any additional value. But then I realized my greatest gift that I can do for the organization was to be able to elevate their capability, their capacity, and their confidence and unleash amazing potential so that we could do the purposeful work that we were supposed to. And now, in my own business, Illumination Partners, and as the drop-in CEO, my passion work is to be able to reach out to all of you and provide you a support system and help you achieve the work that you not only were meant to do, but also are passionate. And one of the things that George talks about is our duty as a leader is to reach down into the organization and lift up. And I am hoping that you are in a situation for which you do have leadership that takes a sincere interest in your career, as well as you. Do you reach down and lift others up? But even if you don't have a support system, this podcast is here for you to provide you the insight, the inspiration, new tools and skills so you can navigate your career with confidence. George is full of so many amazing insights. You're going to really, really enjoy this interview. Let's listen. A lot of people in the last couple of years in this post-pandemic have really got an opportunity to really self-reflect. They may have been on a roadmap for the last 15 years, maybe the last five years, and realize, hey, I realize that I'm not on the road that I want to go going forward. I can't tell you how many CEOs have reached out to me or CFOs and said, you know what, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that what I'm currently doing is not what I want to do going forward. And so what that really put a stress on companies, right, is that you can't just hire folks and expect them to turn around and put in 20 years. You know, you as a leader have to make sure that you're aligning their goals and ambitions and career aspirations to the goals of the company and developing kind of that internal succession planning. And it takes more than just a pay and the benefits. You got to have leaders that generally interested in people's career. The leader's responsibility now is to reach down and lift others up. And if you don't have leaders in those particular positions, then you need to really work on that first. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I'm Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I'm grateful you've joined us for another episode where I speak to amazing leaders and share their insights and inspiration with you. I know you'll love this episode, so please subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And just know, I am here to help the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate your challenges with confidence. And today, it is my honor to share the mic with George Murray. George is currently a Chief Operating Officer with responsibilities in Manufacturing Operations Quality Supply Chain engineering strategy at Reliance Systems. 
He is married to a wife of 28 years. Her name is Carrie and has three grown kids. And the reason why I brought him on today is he is an award-winning author of Hired, Cut Your Career Search Time in Half, and his new book that has just come out, Ignite, Engage, and Retain. And he is a podcaster for which we'll talk more about that later. George, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, this, I am so excited to bring this conversation forward. So for my listeners here, many of you know that I have been on a journey reaching out to people in my network to gain their insights about what has worked well in their career and what have been the challenges. And then what tips can I share with you? I've been bringing that out on Facebook and LinkedIn. But I had this amazing conversation with George and I said, oh my, <laughs> he has so much to offer. I would not do it justice if I were to translate his words of wisdom. I had to bring him onto the show. So George, I would love for you to share a bit about yourself personally, your career journey, and the amazing work that you're doing now to inspire others. Appreciate it. Um, As far as career journey, I've spent probably the last 25 years in a global operations manufacturing setting, done a couple of expat assignments, and most recently now with a medium-sized company looking to take the next growth opportunity in the industry. Personally, I've actually have been on a journey for the last five years. Started with my first book, Hired Fitch Career Search Time in Half. And that was really just my perspective of job transition. Most like my first career transition, I was like a deer in the headlights look. So I had to learn all this process. And what I thought would take only a couple of months, an unemployment rate of 4.3%, took me much longer. And so I created a process that's helped many people overcome either contemplating a job transition or a full-blown job transition and really kind of figuring out what do I do. And so my and then my next book that's recently coming out just this past week is really how to ignite a workforce, how to engage your team, and more importantly, how to retain your talent. As we all know, with unemployment rates, you know, averaging 3.7%, it's very difficult for finding people in more importantly, keeping them. So amazing. And the reason why I really wanted to bring you here is so often, if people have lost their job, and it's an unfortunate time, but also a time of growth, if you just follow the nuts and bolts and update your resume, update your LinkedIn profile, and just start shooting those resumes out, it's going to be a long, laborious task. And I think you say in your book, Hired, Cut Your Search Time in Half, Yes, that may be a necessary tactical thing that you need to do, but you offer a different perspective. Can you just kind of give us a high-level overview of your insights on what do you think are the keys to getting hired in less time? Sure. I think first and foremost for me was in the whole book is to understand the day in the life. You know, we left a structured life, whether we've gotten laid off, reduction in workforce, etc. What I found was that even though each day may feel like a month, before you know it, a couple of months go by and you have very little to show for it if you haven't really restructured your day. You know, when you got up to go to work, you got up at a certain time, you did certain things, whether you worked out or et cetera, and then you had meetings, KPIs, all that's gone if you don't recreate that, right? And so in the book, it really articulates, hey, what does my day and my week and month look like when I'm in career transition? Second of the three focuses is really how do I keep energy, enthusiasm, and a positive attitude? Because again, 
career transition itself could be a roller coaster ride and you're down more than you are up. So how do I stay motivated and show up as my best self if I'm out network? And then the third thing I tell people that's most importantly to help in your career transition is developing your personal board of advisors. This is three to five folks that all definitely are not in the same background industry you are. So I'm an operations guy. I don't want an operations person on that team, but they're going to inspire. They're going to be able to listen. And they're also going to hold you accountable. So it says, hey, listen, you know what, George, you've been really kind of toiling over this and being a negative Nelly for the last couple of days. It's time to turn around and turn it around. So that's what I would say is I think the most important things in that career transition, but it also tells you my personal journey, you know, as a professional executive, I did some things that probably people never really thought about. And I think that's really important in the overall career transition is, is that you have to really reinvent yourself every six to eight weeks to be your best opportunity self and more importantly, land your next role. You know, George, I appreciate that. That so resonates with me. If I look at myself now versus what I was when I transitioned out of corporate and people see me now and what I'm doing, again, a lot of quiet time, a lot of thinking about what is it that I really want to do. And to your point, reinventing oneself. And it's almost, I would say, not necessarily reinventing, but discover who you were always meant to be or who you once were. Because I find sometimes the corporate environment squelches who you really are at your core. And I'll tell stories about, I'm a talker. (laughs) I am creative and now I am that person and wrapping around my technical skills. So I love what you talk about. Now, your book is amazing. And I advise people to get his first book because it's so practical. Again, whether you're in the job search or because you have to, or you're thinking about a transition. And one of the things I, I like to focus on here, and I love the tips and strategies you have is, you know, we, we can't have a pity party. <laughs> we can feel sorry for ourselves. We do need to do that. But one of the things you said is that you might find that your life will change for the better. Mine did once I focused on what I had rather than what I didn't have. So tell me how that's so powerful for somebody listening to this. Yeah. You know, in career transition, especially for my first one, I was out 13 months. I never thought with an unemployment rate of 4.3%, I would ever be out that long. And I think. One of the things that's really important is how do you stay motivated? How do you turn around and, you know, because you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps right first. And then you have other people around you that are lifting you up throughout that process. And I think it's really important for people to really find that. For me, I just released one day after a couple of months of being frustrated. I said, you know what? I'm just going to turn around and say, thank God for the things that I have versus the things that I don't. And when I started to do that, as well as give more, I was getting more, right? So that's one of the things that was really powerful in that whole process was, is that if when I started to help others in that transition, I really started to reciprocate and have that back. I'm laughing here because I'm like fumbling with my notes. There's so many insights that you've shared. I'd love to jump on all of them. Having a board of advisors, gosh, I have two mentors right now. They are not from my direct role. And it's funny how they just have such great wisdom. Even if they don't answer my questions, just listening to another voice sometimes provides clarity. But what you just said right now, I actually had from our discovery notes, the more you give, the more you get. And so I need you to unpack that because it sounds right. Like, hey, we can give a referral. 
Hey, I can connect you with my uncle. He's working over here. What does that mean? Because in the moment when you're working so hard to lift yourself up and move yourself to the next opportunity, at the same time, you have to give as well. Tell me more about how that has worked for you. Well, you know, like a lot of people I met early in career transition, giving me great advice and really kind of giving me a lot of these nuggets in this book that I referenced is that I had a gentleman that basically said that exact quote in a whole conversation that we had for about 25 minutes. That was really the key takeaway for me. And, you know, when you're in career transition, your ego, you know, you get everything shook to the core. And so one of the things that I was really understood was, is that, yeah, I'm still, you know, have a lot of qualities and I have still a lot of network that I can help people that may be not in career transition. So, you know, you might be networking with a CFO and he may not have that ability to give you direction or need the next opportunity, but he may be looking for an accountant and you've got a lot to give. Hey, what I found is, is that that was creating to me cheerleaders in the workforce, I call them, right? So once they did hear of an opportunity for an operations executive, the first person they would reach out to would be me. So I think that's where I found that giving more, really at the first point, you know, it's a lot of work and heavy lifting. But as you start to do more of it, it started to reciprocate where people are reaching out and saying, hey, listen, George, I just found an opportunity that you might be interested in. And that's where you, you know, you give and you get more than you're giving. So I so believe that. And it's interesting. One should have put their perspective on of what is that receiving look like? Because it may not necessarily be the job that you're looking for. But George, Deb, I was thinking about you. Hey, I'd like to introduce you to such and such. The fact is that you are top of mind and memorable because you did give or you, you gave some insight or maybe you did receive some insider perspective that is also receiving and motivating you to move forward. So great, great advice. Now, I am curious, you put this content out into the world. You are very giving, but I'm curious if you know of anybody who has read this book or had spent some time with you that because of that, they have cut their career search in half. Yeah, for the last five years, I've been helping folks in using this process and the the response has been tremendous as far as the feedback in the book. There's over 133 five-star reviews on LinkedIn from all over the world. But one example is such as I had a gentleman reach out to me and this person was from Australia of all places, right? I didn't realize the phone number, but out of the blue, I answered the phone. He said, well, obviously the connection in the book still works. He goes, I just want to tell you that somebody who knew somebody recommended your book all the way out here in Australia. And he goes, I can't tell you. It's almost like you were speaking to me. And more importantly, you helped me develop a process that I know if I didn't, I would have taken more than twice the amount of time. And to me, that was the beginning of 2021. It was in January. Remember, it was like January 13th. He called me and I'm like, you know, it's only January and you literally have made my entire year. So when you have that impact of somebody that you would have never spoken to, interacted with, that's just huge and it's powerful. And those things, to me, it's more than, you know, a financial gain. So you're making me smile here. Hopefully you guys can hear me smile through our conversation. 
oh my, I had the same thing happen when somebody picked up my book, The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track. Again, it's a very similar thing. Talented people, we're just trying to provide our best insights to look at things differently, look internally, and then pick a course that might work for them. I too had somebody that said, I felt like you were talking to me. I put the book down after the first chapter because I needed to reflect about who I was, what did I want to be before moving forward with the amazing advice that you give. One more question, because I'm doing something very similar to you. You talk about your networking, and sometimes you said you got up to almost like 700 conversations or so. You had to have five, six, whatever a day. Talk to me about that, because somebody might, like me, might say, oh my God, that's so exhausting. Why did you do that? And how did that help you? So that people might be able to start thinking, I got to grow my network. (laughs) I got to do something now. So tell me more about that experience. Well, you know, first of all, Harvey McKay's got a great old book that identified networking when it wasn't labeled networking is dig your will before it's thirsty, you're thirsty, right? And so I think that's extremely, they were talking back then how important the network was, but I just really didn't realize that until I was in my first career transition. And to me, I realized with talking with the right people initially in my job, first job transition really set me on a great roadmap for success. And people are just like, hey, you know what? Your first couple of months, you probably need to take a shotgun approach because you don't have a network. And so you need to talk to everybody you possibly can. Then you take that shotgun out and then you start to really focus and bring out the rifle and say, here's kind of the swim lanes that I'm looking to target. And that comes in the whole networking and first discussions. And to me, I knew that networking and it really reinforced in other job transitions afterwards that every particular time, even a post pandemic, I took my job transition from five months the previous time to 35 days and I had three offers, right? And I just knew that you've got to put in the work and the effort and networking is going to get you your next role. I'm just thinking here, George, we're going to talk afterwards, but I do know a few people. We got to get your message out because it also resonates with some other podcast hosts that I know that talk about career transition and helping one through that. Again, a lot of outplacement services just don't offer this. It's more about how quickly can we get you a job and do ABC, but they really don't talk as much about your perspective. Now, I want to fast forward a little bit. You have a new book coming out. Congratulations. You had your first book talked about the individual and helping them through transition. What led you to your next book, Ignite, Engage, and Retain? What was missing and what did you try to solve? Well, I think the fact was, you know, a lot of people in the last couple of years in this post-pandemic have really got an opportunity to really self-reflect. They may have been on a roadmap for the last 15 years, maybe the last five years and realized, hey, I realize that I'm not on the road that I want to go going forward. I can't tell you how many CEOs have reached out to me or CFOs and said, you know what? I don't know what I want to do, but I know that what I'm currently doing is not what I want to do going forward. And so what that really put a stress on companies, right, is that you can't just hire folks and expect them to turn around and put in 20 years. You know, you as a leader have to make sure that you're aligning their goals and ambitions and career aspirations to the goals of the company and developing kind of that internal succession planning. And it takes more than just a pay and, you know, the benefits. You got to have leaders that generally interested in people's career. I mean, I tell people in the book is 
the leader's res- responsibility now is to reach down and lift others up. And if you don't have leaders in those particular positions as a company, then you need to really work on that first because you can talk about all this employee engagement for all kinds of time and everything else. But if leaders aren't truly invested in others and listening and spending an opportunity to align that, you're going to continue to have this turnover and this quiet quitting, so to speak, in in companies. And the book really outlines that. I was able to reach out to more than 40 CFOs, CEOs, and CHROs to, again, my first book was really my perspective. I wanted to make sure that this was an overall perspective. Is it a problem in Minnesota where I live? Is it a problem in the U.S.? It's a problem all over the globe. I've, and so I've been able to talk and reference people in the book all over the world throughout my connections that, A, here's the problems. B, here are the solutions and what you can do today. Your book and your work so aligns with what I have seen. In the CEO's compass, you know, I talk about performance or results because we think we need to get your, you know, cost of goods sold, your market share, your expenses down, et cetera. And that is a cycle that has its ups and downs. And what I say is we are really in search of peace of mind. And how do you get to peace of mind? We focus on leading indicators, not the lagging indicators of just the performance, service, quality, et cetera. We look at people's capabilities, competencies, and their confidence. And we close their gaps in in their skills and capabilities to meet those goals when we focus on the people compass point and close the gaps in their individual performance to meet certain expectations, not just check the box certification, but even how they interface, manage difficult conversations, communicate effectively. Those are the leading indicators to your point, reaching down, lifting up their capability and confidence. That's what's going to get you through the next crisis, and also retain the talent for the future. I love your work. I wish you success with that book. I've got to get myself a copy of that. But I I guess my question is now you're moving away from helping individuals. Are you now, what work are you planning on doing or hope to accomplish now that you are putting a book out there that is meant for leaders and organizations? What do you hope the impact is? Well, I think the fact is, is that helping businesses retain their talent and ignite their workforce, something who doesn't want to do that, right? But I'm not going to get away from the individual. I mean, I found out through this last five years of this whole journey, I'm working more than I was, you know, 15 years ago. And I'm, but I'm more inspired and engaged. And I found out that my why is to help personally professionals and companies go from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. Mm, it's beautiful. And I know it, it It sounds so easy coming off your tongue. Mine is also to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. Very similar. We may do it in different ways. But for our listeners, even if you're not looking for a job, even if you're not in transition, you need to just take a moment, no laptop, sit outside on a sunny day and just think about what is your why, what gives you joy, What are those moments that you remember that super excited you? And is there something you could do more of either at work to inspire or ignite others? Or is there a different future for you? Now, you have so much great work here. I want to highlight also, I believe you've been doing a podcast for a couple of years. Tell our listeners more about that so they can also connect with that content. Yeah, it's Coffee with George and Phil. And it started off basically as a chapter of each of my books. 
And we're really helping people accelerate their career and their health. So we bring a topic up and we bring a subject matter expert. So it's us interviewing them. The show's pretty fast. It's Saturday mornings, the first and third Saturday of every morning. You can follow me on LinkedIn and get notifications or you can find us on, I think, more than 12 podcast platforms, including Spotify and iHeartRadio. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm just curious. I mean, what is what have people said about the show? Because first of all, you got a great voice as well. <laughs> what have people said to you about the podcast? Well, thank you. I think the fact is, is that everybody has a takeaway that they can start implementing on Monday. And that's really the intent. What can I do differently to get faster land in my next role? Or, you know, if I need to start a health program. And one of the things you've seen in my book is, is that, you know, I looked in the mirror at my first couple of months in career transition. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do all the things I said I was going to do when I was working, but I didn't take make time for. And that was dropping 40 pounds in seven months and eating better and sleeping better and all those things that we want to do, but it seemed to take a back seat when we're in our career in our life. You know, those pauses in our life were so helpful. It's funny, just before we got on the show here, a person who I had been coaching, they were constantly going for the big job, the big title, the big money. And I talk often about We need to fulfill our needs, wants, and passions. And if you can do two out of three, you can sustain it for a while. But if you only can do for one, like I need the job, but you don't like it, you don't want it, it's not what you want, and you're not passionate, it's going to burn you out. And this particular individual, you know, was just going for the big job. And all of a sudden, they had a forced pause in their life. And they came back to me and said, you know, Deb, you were right. I think I need to stop going for the big job, wearing myself out. I got four kids, a wife. (laughs) It's not worth it. And I might consider a smaller role closer to home so I can enjoy the time that I have. Absolutely. It's so necessary. So I don't often ask these questions because again, it's just one of those things, but I, I, you've been so factual about just sharing your journey and also the book that you're doing. I so appreciate the content that you do. What, because you're still in a corporate role but you put your thought leadership out there. I want people who are listening to this that maybe just they're so focused on their job, why they should start putting their thought leadership out there in the world. You're an inspiration for a lot of C-suite leaders. Why should we start be putting it out there? You are all over LinkedIn. You put things like that. What has that done for you? What is the benefits of sharing your thoughts with others? Well, you know, I think that there's, there's a couple of things. First of all, what I have found is is that writing a book, and I do truly believe that everybody has at least one book in them, and their story can inspire and motivate others. The second thing is is that it's been able to get me a lot more exposure on much different platforms than just the corporate world to help people, and the impact is really, really kind of come back into my heart. And I think the fact is, is that there's two things, right? There, there's two things that are in your life that are an impact. You know, and Harvey McKay, or excuse me, uh, Stephen Covey says, you know, to live, to learn, to leave a legacy. There's two impactful things in your life that hit you negatively when you pass and the last time somebody speaks your name, right? And so I want to make sure I kind of, you know, beyond my grave, I'm able to still impact people in a positive way that brings joy to their life, that makes it a career pivot, that makes them much better than they ever thought they could be. And so with that note, I turn to my listeners and think about your situation. 
What would people say about you? What are you known for? What is the legacy that you left behind? And will they continue to talk about you after you're no longer with us? George, this has been an amazing interview. Congratulations on your first book, Hire, your new book, Ignite, Engage, Retain. People, please check out his podcast, Coffee with George and Phil. I'm going to be checking that out. I'm also going to see if I can get you on some other podcasts. You've got an amazing message. Are there any last closing thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I guess, you know, my my current book, Night Engage, Retain, is out on Kindle right now for $2.99 for another week. So it's a really quick read and I'm going to get it on Audible much quicker than I did my first book. All right, George, I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for putting out such great content into the world. I do hope you continue to inspire others, leave your legacy, and just I wish you amazing success and be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.